you found Rebirth, a podcast about real life stories, what happens when you let go and let life lead. This episode is for everyone. Cindy Landham of The Liberated Eater found me through writing, but we found each other because we have a resonance in speaking the truth and uplifting people. On her website, theliberatededeater.com, theliberatededeater.com, so you can check them in the show notes. She talks about her crazy food life and how she has over six decades of eating experience. But for half of those years, food was her drug of choice and she was in bondage to food. She loved, she hated it, she craved it, she feared it. And in her phenomenal story about judgment, shame, surrender, dealing with regret, and rising, I don't, I, I, I see a person that befriends you immediately in her heart. The work that Cindy is doing, um, food is the pathway to, to liberation. When I first saw The Liberated Eater, I was curious um, what that really meant. And when you listen to Cindy, you, you're very clear. She has a book that I highly recommend called The Liberated Eater. She also runs a community because she says, you know, it's not just that first step, it's having the support to do things differently. So I know you're going to enjoy this episode. If you have any questions or you want to give us any feedback, you can send me an email or, or just reach right out to Cindy and let her know um, what moved you from the podcast. And you can check out when her next community is opening up. I thank you for being a part of the Rebirth community. The way our community um, grows is by sharing this frequency. So wherever you listen to your podcast, you can leave a review, hit a five-star remark, or share it with someone. This is a very, very shareable episode. Thanks for tuning in. Okay. The three-legged, the three-legged stool falls without all three. Okay. I'm, I, you have found the rebirth podcast and I am here with Cindy, who is the liberated eater. And, um, I love what, where we're at the gate. We found each other where we can tell that story. We are very similar in our resonance of here to help and do what you're here for, right? Share what you're here to do. And I, um, for this season of rebirth, every season I try to have some sort of focus. So I'm not just putting out, you know, you know, there's, our time is a resource and information we decide to digest, we should be wise about what we're using for nourishment, right? Mm-hmm. So this season, I'm talking about community, creativity, and alignment. And I asked Cindy, which one do you think is your center spoke? And can I ask you to share your answer? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I just said, oh my goodness, I cannot choose because community is why we even do this it's who we are it it just is the fire within me alignment oh my goodness if we're not in alignment we're floundering in this world full of information yeah and creativity which is really you know innovation and curiosity without that we're going to be reaching for other the the old answers that haven't worked so sure i'm sorry i can't pick one I love you for it. Three-legged stool, right? And if you take off one leg, you fall in the floor. You know, that's really true, especially if you're going to be doing anything holistic. Like I think right now in the information age, everything is numbered and as a linear step. And if you do this, we guarantee it. And it's like in my world, and it sounds like in yours as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, you want the focus of, I'm going to purposely use this word product. Like I am wanting to reach this horizon. 
But my audience, and, and I hear yours as well, understand it's the process to the product that's actually the jam. And that is a phrase that came from a different episode about, uh, with Joshua Townsend about, he said, you know, if you want the creative process, you can't lose. But if you're only going for the product, there's no guarantee because you're sidestepping the thing that will change you and therefore change what you're offering. Which is exactly in alignment with, <laughs> with the Liberated Eater, which what, with what we do in our community. It is the journey that we take together that helps us be who we want to be. So tell us, let's just dive right in. What is this? I'll back you up to explain, you know, who the Liberated Eater is as an essence and an invitation. But what is your community like? Like, tell us, just drop us right into that. Oh, my goodness. Well, let me back up a little bit. Sure. I was a, can I start with my story? Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So grew up kind of normal. You know, our family put the fun back in dysfunction, like many families <laughs> do. Um, but at about that point of puberty, I started to gain some weight, which would be, you know, fine if everybody uh -huh. had lifted alone. But my mom had been mm. overweight, so she was worried about me being overweight. And it was mm -hmm. the 70s, which was the golden age of dieting and skinniness and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so I began, long story short, a 35-year torturous journey of dieting, binging, dieting, binging, trying to fix my body. It was the problem, you know, endless and how did you know it started in your teens? Because when I, when someone tells me that I hear somebody has done the unpacking work because I don't hear blame and victimhood, I hear story. So I'm not looking to bring in victimhood, but I am looking to how, because your, your, your voice is very clear. And so a clear voice to me means digestion and integration. So can you um, tell me a little bit about how you figured that out or like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I will be 65 this month. No so way. So I've had time to look back and which by the way, 60s are wonderful. I, you know, I, I, I believe it. My 70s if I get there. It's all a privilege. So um I don't mind talking about age at all. I've had time to look back and there's been therapy. There have been some 12-step groups along the way. I have a wonderful tiny cadre of wise friends with whom I am safe and can be honest and they're honest. There you me. go. All of it. You know, mm -hmm. all of it, all of it. I have, I was alone for 35 years and that, but because I thought I was so broken, how could I sneak food to the bathroom and eat it and not be broken? So, right. you know, I, Oh man, I, I just was isolated. And it was the worst possible thing in my mid forties as I began to talk about it and share it a little bit. And um, there was a breaking point there that I will tell you about. Yes, That's please. when I began to see I'm not alone. Everybody's I crazy. Isolation is, is such a fool, isn't it? It makes you, it really constricts and binds you. And if you can, if you get a crack in it, you can see that it's a charade. We're all running around in our own bubble until we're not. Yeah. It, it quickly happens. falls apart, but man, it's got you. Yeah, it really does. Point. Yeah. I'm not diminished. Yeah. It's, it's nasty and cruel and it's personalized. Shame, shame accusing, belittling. I mean, mm -hmm. a wretched, that it's a mean, mean voice 
that it is. we weren't born with. Well said. We weren't born with that voice. Yeah. We learned that voice. We were born with a curious, mm-hmm. what's next voice? <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's what we're, what we're getting back to. So that breaking point. Yeah. Mid forties, I finally had dieted so long and failed so much that I literally gave up it. Mm-hmm. I thought in defeat, I sure am incapable. Like I literally remember the moment sitting in my desk, making yet another chart with my ruler and my pen to hang on the bathroom wall, to hide, hide it in the closet. So nobody could see it in my house I was going to lose weight. And it was like a voice in my head said, I, it's not audible, but it was more than audible. What do you think you're doing? Mm. It was the meanest voice. Don't you know? Can you not see after decades that you are incapable? I mean, it brings tears to think about that moment of utter defeat. But Kate, at a like three seconds later, with the defeat came relief. Uh Uh-huh. Relief that I was going to stop this stuff, that I was done. And so I thought in my mind, okay, I can't, I really can't do this anymore. I'm going to gain weight till I die. And that's sad, but that's what it is. Right. You're like, and I'm not going to diet anymore. And the relief of that stayed in place. Like, (gasps) like this huge boulder had just fallen off. Major grace, major grace. Yeah. Yes. Um, So again, long story short, over the next few years, yes, I gained some weight, leveled off, came down, but I had promised myself two things in that moment. Okay. I would keep walking every day because if I don't, I get depressed. If I don't get outside and get that no, I get depressed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I promised myself that even though I was going to gain weight till I died, I still was going to walk because I had teenagers and I had to still be an adult. Um, And then I promised myself, (laughs) well, you know what? Since I'm never going to diet anymore and no food's illegal anymore, I don't really have to have the huge binges anymore. I'm just going to eat whatever the hell I want. And so it was just like that demand because that's what binging is really it is a knee-jerk response to deprivation and when I cut out the deprivation the knee-jerk response didn't have a reason to jerk interesting it was fascinating so I did still binge because it was a pattern but it just got less meaningful like yes I can eat these Oreos anytime so the my I think really what happened was I gave my life, my mind, my body, my soul space Mm -hmm. when I stopped demanding that I diet. That Mm -hmm. rigid, crazy life gave myself space to realign and fall back where, you know, my original self. Now it took a good five years and I, I was a teacher at the time and always wrote my own curriculum. So as I, you know, I'd, I would wake up two years, three years, four years later and go, how have, how come food's kind of normal to me now? 
Not a hundred percent. I don't think it'll ever be a hundred percent. Right. How, but you were perplexed by this new relationship, right? It was kind of perplexing to you. <laughs> so perplexed by freedom, by my body kind of doing its thing and not gaining weight till I died, by me not thinking about food all the time, by sitting at the table instead of looking normal, but really the food battle going on, like, oh, this is all, this is fattening. Should I eat this? Should I eat that? How much if I eat this? Will I need to exercise more? Blah. That battle was gone because I didn't diet anymore. So all this freedom started happening and I had no idea what had happened to me. So sure. I started research. Okay. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Oh man, I talked to the very few people I knew who lost weight and didn't gain it back. Like those people are hard to find. I talked to doctors, I talked to nurses, I talked to, I have several friends that are awesome therapists. Um, Kay Arnold here in the Nashville area. I talked to Ted Klontz, a change guru. He works with deep addiction. Um, I read, 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 read. And my file folder just started filling up and I started realizing I'm not an outlier. This is not a fluke. This is a path that anyone could take and it doesn't have to take five years. It may, you know, depending on how long we've dieted mm -hmm. and, and, and how, how we're willing to focus and trust, but it's a doable thing. It's a real thing. It's a tangible thing. And it makes sense. There are behavioral steps. There are mindset shifts that any human being can take. And the cool thing is it's not like new. It no, is not. literally already in our DNA. It's already the way we were, we're, Born. we're wired up. Wired. I'm yeah. hearing that you experienced the wiring before you understood the wiring. It's almost like mm. you shimmied something and then an electrician yeah. was like, oh, you put all the wires in the right place. You're like, well, now I want to learn about electricity. That's what I'm hearing as the metaphor, yeah. right? Yeah, it was a rewire because mm -hmm. I was born wired. Mm -hmm. And then all those messages and years of dieting and outside influences took that offline. Well it said. jumbled mm -hmm. up the wires, you know, mm -hmm. so yeah. So it sounds like you went into like neurology as well as therapy and like all that, you know, whether it was personal therapy, but, and also resourcing therapists, like resourcing people to put the, all these puzzle pieces together to understand where you already were. Yes. Okay. And so then the liberated eater, like what, how does this fit into, I mean, I can guess, but like, how does this start to emerge? <clears throat> so I was teaching at the time art and art history, which I loved I mean, I, it had to be a passion to take me away from that, which was already a passion. And where um, were you teaching this? What was your uh, environment? In, uh, in a tutorial in the Nashville area for homeschoolers that was rigorous, rigorously academic and was just this eclectic, amazing place to teach. And That's so I, cool. Oh, it was the coolest that the students and the Parents, and oh, and I parents. bet because of the investment, like if that kind of school has, has families that are invested in the learning, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. That's for so sure. cool. Okay, great. So, but as, as that file folder kept mm -hmm. building up and as yeah. I kept seeing, you know, and the best work we do comes out of our own pain. 
right? If hello, if, that's why it's there. Yeah. If I found my way out uh -huh. of the pit, man, I want to throw in ropes. I, I want to help other people out of the pit. That's what we were saying right before. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. It's like when you're out, you realize the 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 spectrum of, or the perspective of looking back starts to give like the larger view of this wasn't done to me. This was part for me. This is part of my own liberation. And you know, a good citizen of life is like part of that is you just want to help others through, right? That's just what you do. That's and now I'm grateful. It. Now I'm grateful for those 35 years that isn't that amazing. Um, yeah. And I keep learning from, you know, the people I coach, the community online we have. We will okay, wait. Number... Uh, go ahead. I shouldn't cut you off. Well, I was just going to say, say something about regret. Mm. Often when I am with, especially the ladies 45 to 85, with tears, we will talk about those years that we were focused on hypermanaging our food and hypermanaging our body and hiding until we deserved to be seen until we lost weight. And we all will talk about, oh, I could have learned another language. I could have learned to paint. I could have, you know, that focus, it's like a black hole when it's about your very uh, worthiness. And eating is a big deal. We eat every day. So we will weep with regret. But where we always get to is, but now we are redeeming that time. We are taking back lost ground. We are going to show the way to others who are interested and learn from them. It's never like you're the guide completely. I feel like the guide who's always learning from you know, the ones before me and the ones behind me as well. But we have to face the regret because when we get free, we turn around and look at it. It's painful to think how much time we spent there. How do you help remediate that pain? That is a great question because in some ways I'm probably still processing it myself. Um, you know, radical acceptance knowing that the voices were loud, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, the, the diet industry is still pouring billions of dollars into convincing us that a quick fix will work. So understanding that, okay, you know what? That was a lot of influence there. We, that, even from the medical community, we got the idea that we were supposed to greatly deprive, uh, diminish our calorie intake. Yes. And, and to their, you know, to their credit, they may not have known the research at some point, but now the I'll choose to stay study, silent. <laughs> the Minnesota study from the 40s, all of Tribble and Resh's and Tracy Tilka's work. I mean, it is I could I could go on and on it. There are 80 years now of research. It is not defendable. To. Sell to invite people, to tell people their answer is to alarm their body into starvation. To uh, Diets are built on two things that cannot work for human beings, deprivation of, of a primary need and hyper control. In us humans, deprivation leads to excess. We eat too little, we will always eat too much in response eventually. 
and hyper control, hyper management, our, our weight, our food in human beings, that leads to obsession. We just become food focused, scale focused, weight focused, calorie focused, carb focused. And all that time we could be life focused. Oh, that's beautiful. So I, sorry, I got on a rant there, but dieting damages us and it is indefensible anymore. And I'm not saying everybody's nefarious. I'm just saying. I, I, you're heard. And, and, okay. and it's interesting when I'm listening to you talk, it's easier to hear that the mindset of that diet is really substantiating an internal battle, right? Oh. It actually feeds the isolation is what I'm hearing because it's like now the body's the enemy. As instead of looking at like the wire, to go back to the metaphor of the wiring, like we need to rewire our communication isn't, so not, you know, something's off with our communication and we need to rewire. It's like an attack mode. And you're even saying like, and that's going to hit your autonomic nervous system. Like it is not oh. all of it. All of it. Mm -hmm. All of it. We all need you to work on us because, mm -hmm. I mean, it has just made us uptight. It has undermined our confidence. Our inner world leads to our outer world. Yes. You know, as we often say, whatever happens on your plate has happened between your ears first. Oh, really? So, oh, oh, no doubt. What we think comes way before the decision. We think it's about the food. We think it's sure. about food choices. No, it's about how we're thinking about ourselves, our value, what we really want, what will jazz us, understanding the difference between satisfaction and behaving. You know what I'm thinking of is some people even talk about how, I can't cite the study, but um, how when you eat in community, your digestion is better. And so it's really fascinating when well, you Well, if, if you feel, if mm -hmm. you feel at home there. Well, that's. Well, that's what I'm hearing is yeah. isolation alone is one thing, right? But isolation in community, I think actually is harder sometimes. Cause at least if you're sitting by yourself, I mean, isolation is never great. I'm not, I don't want to actually not stand by my own metaphor, but yeah. I know sometimes it can even be really difficult when you have to pretend like there's the extra layer of pretending on top of, and we can think of that in an emotional realm, but you're really bringing to light um, how that affects us on a cellular level, which I already believe and work with people on, but then to hear it from this, like, I believe our internal resonance manifests externally, but just as a human, it's one thing to know that intellectually or feel that in one or two areas of my life. It's another thing to really listen and be reminded about how just very true this is. It, and you don't need an external validation. It's helpful to reorient and repattern our mind. I'm not saying it's not necessary, sure, sure. but if you're friends with your body, you can be listening to this, just going, oh yeah. Like yeah. I, I could feel it. Kate, that's a huge part of our journey is mm -hmm. learning to trust ourselves again. And that's hard after we've listened to many voices to tell us how to eat, what to eat, how much to eat, when to eat, you know, how to exercise. What I see now in the people I work with, as we, we really do two things. We heal our relationship with food and our body, but we also along the way discover a lifestyle that'll work for us. Love it. But they're all different. 
they're all different. Some people eat two meals a day. Some people eat five meals a day. Some people exercise at the gym and love it. And some people never go to the gym. They're very fit and zesty. You know, yeah. there. some people eat more carbs. Some people don't. There is nobody can tell you, but you and your body, what's going to give you that, you know, ultimate feeling of. Yeah, and in some unit. perspectives of the body, there's different, um, you know, whether it's Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic medicine, that's already understood. They, the, the first thing is figuring out what kind of body type is in front of you. And there's not one answer. This is not prescriptive. You're, everyone's a combination of certain elements. And some of us have different physical elements that we lead with. And some of us have different mental elements that we lead with. And now you've just explained why attending to both of those mm-hmm is necessary for holistic living, which we have all these fancy terms for, but we didn't need them 60, 70 years ago because our food wasn't an assault for a marketing program. So when people wonder why we need this, it's because we're reclaiming the space, you know? You didn't have this when it was like, everyone was just at the table at five o'clock and the food was made and we weren't barraged all the time. That's what I think, I don't know. For most of human history, We've spent a lot of our lives just gathering the food and preparing it to eat it. You know, we've kind of slept with the seasons. We've been close to the earth. We didn't have any processed food at all. We didn't have a computer we sit in front of, and I sit in front of mine a lot. Mm -hmm. So I at least, I know there were many challenges. I'm not saying that was Shangri-La. I'm just saying for our physical health. Hello, yes. It was my great great grandmother did not struggle with what I struggled with. It, it was a different world for her. It's a different world. Mm-hmm. She might have struggled to, you know, chase a chicken around the yard and kill that sucker and the, get the it struggles. Were, the struggles were different. I think that's what people have to understand that this the information age. In some ways, we're getting more information, but the the view is getting more myopic. And it's like, no, it's it's situational and circumstantial. And you know, if you're a parent and you have more than one child, just look at like same genes created different universes for every person it logically shouldn't make sense because you're pulling from the same resources and yet look at what divine nature does everyone is different so tell me how the phrase the liberated eater came because that that is to me that that um title of your book and your and your work is very invitation there's an invite there the phrasing is very invitational so can you talk to us about that you know it it is it still delights me to say it because I literally felt for 35 years that I was in a prison that I did not know how to get out of. You know, it was limited. I was pinched. I was afraid. I was alone. It was when, as I came out of that, oh, I mean, I can't really overstate it. It literally was like being liberated from concentration camp or something i i don't want to make that analogy i understand what you're saying in prison yeah you are you were liberated i was imprisoned in my own brain in my own life my own um misunderstanding of what it took to thrive which is very nefarious because it will go with you in any environment so the prison followed you wherever you went so you i hear that oh there was no escape i could look perfectly normal on the outside but wherever i went i was judging my body Mm-hmm. I was self-conscious. Mm-hmm. I was, if I was, you know, thin at the time, cause my weight went crazy. Um, if I was thin at the time, I felt good in my body, but I was scared to death. I was going to sabotage it. Mm-hmm. If there was any food, then, you know, I had food radar. Boop, boop, 
boop, boop, boop, boop, wherever food was, I was like, I got to manage it, but I really want it. So mm -hmm. food was my greatest enemy and my biggest thrill at the same time. I will that will tear you apart. Yeah, because it's necessary. You can't avoid it because you need it to live. Right. Mm -hmm. It's an, so so this phrase liberated eater. Yeah. Became first a class or first a book. Like what was what was your journey as some as a creator or a teacher? Well, once I put that folder into kind of a, a we'll call it a workshop or a course, mm -hmm. doable steps. Mm -hmm. uh, four core behaviors of mindful eating and 13 principles of intuitive living kind Love of is it. the foundation. Yes. Um, and, and throw in a lot of body respect on top of that, you know, simmer all that in body respect. And I just turned it into a 12 week workshop. And I began to gather at that time, we lived in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and I began to gather friends, anybody that would trust me to kind of, you know, test drive it. And it turned into years of face-to-face -face workshop. That's real. Those are the stories in my book the liberated eater. And I, you know, oh my goodness, those amazing people. Um, then as my husband's job kind of moved us a couple of times, I realized I don't have time. Like, I don't know people in a new town. Yeah, so it's different. Mm -hmm. I, I took the workshop online. And then after a few years of doing that, people kept saying, coming back and saying, okay, I loved the workshop. And now I just need some ongoing support. It, it's not, you know, information is not transformation. Right. You need to be able to expand and practice into it. So it becomes habit. That is completely yeah. understood. Yeah. Yes. And, and that happens so beautifully in community. Not everybody can afford one-on-one -on -one coaching. So it's community true. makes it mm -hmm. doable. Accessible to a lot more people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And here's something I hear a lot of coaches say, it's certainly true in my practice. I will have one-on-one -on -one cl clients. I don't even like that word client one-on-one -on -one friends, um, we're working together and I'll tell them, I'd love for you to do some group, group coaching, you know, and they're like, no, I'm loving this, blah, blah, blah. When they finally do group coaching, they're like, you were right. I mean, this to mirror, to see other people, hear other people's stories, mm -hmm. to share yours in a safe space and mm -hmm. see six other heads go, it deconstructs the isolation because now it's not just you and this is my coach so of course she can see me it's like it is it's that head shake that's it's it's oh this is just spontaneous uh resonance yeah it and something to the human spirit we, we can mm -hmm. laugh at ourselves mm -hmm. things that heretofore have caused shame like we can really laugh about sitting in the kroger parking lot and eating a dang carrot cake with a credit card you know we can laugh. i enjoy you so much <laughs> We can laugh about digging food out of garbage. We can laugh about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, we usually cry about that first, but at some point we can laugh at ourselves. To the tears cry. change. The tears change. The yeah. tears change to laughter. And that yeah. is a beautiful part of the process. But That's, as long as we're alone. Yeah, it's hard. The shame gets, the shame gets deeper. The anxiety gets higher. Yeah. Just, yeah. It blocks out the sun. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So someone reads your book. 
I would imagine is an easy uh, entree into you. And then what happens? They're going like, like I, I listen to this podcast and, I'm, and I think, oh my gosh, this is somebody that I can feel safe with, or I want to learn more. What do I go and get your book is my first step or what is my first step? What, I mean, that could be one of my first steps. So what would be another step for me? Yeah, that's probably the quickest way to see mm-hmm. it. if you think you're interested, you can read the book and get all the concepts. Mm-hmm. And if that feels like home, Mm. that feels like home and you don't want to walk alone come on join us just go to the liberatededater.com and get in this group coaching but I got to tell you about something new Kate can I okay. share oh something? yeah please do yeah I want to hear it okay little bitty readers digest over the the couple of years that I've had things that I've had the community going it's it's fairly new here's what I've noticed especially since the during the pandemic and after the pandemic like you said it in your last blog we are living in times that are feeding a frenzy of confusion and i i see that it's taking up bandwidth so people yes. come in and they're ready to do the work they they want to do the work they are more than capable but the bandwidth is just flying out toward all this stuff that's going on right now. So, I echo that for sure. Yeah, well know? said. No, for sure. And I've told people that if, if they come work one-on-one, I extended their sessions with a cup of tea because I'm like, you just need to talk for 20. Like you just need to offload this two inches or two feet, whatever, you know, that everyone has. And they'll look at me and they'll go, everyone, I'm like, everyone i don't care who you are there is you've got your own stuff but we're all carrying this and everyone only thinks they're the only ones carrying it back to the isolation because that's just how we're wired so i appreciate you articulating that so beautifully didn't mean to cut you off continue no no thank you i think it will help people have compassion for themselves if they realize oh yeah i'm not everywhere here who's feeling like why can't i concentrate Mm -hmm. so here's what i'm doing this very week I am taking our course that people take when they come in. So they get the pieces. Yes. And I am chopping it into five minute audios. They don't, there's no PDFs. There's no exercises. They don't even have to go to their computer. I'm pilot. It's a pilot right now. I'm just about to, I'm gathering beta testers to see if uh, we're calling it. And I asked my community to help me like, Mm -hmm. okay, help me craft this thing. Mm-hmm. What's the least amount of work we can do and get, you know, it's a great question. Yeah. Make this happen. Yep. <clears throat> so we're calling it right now <clears throat> food freedom in five minutes. Love it. That's five minutes a day. You know, five minutes ish. Just plug me in. It'll be on an app. And you can listen while you're getting ready for the day. You can listen while you're driving to work. I don't think cooking would work, but just a place where you can, you know, maybe taking a stroll. I believe that that drip with our mind, with our frenzied minds right now will work. I agree with you because in an information age, you really have to, and I'm not just saying this language because your expertise is food, you know, your genre or your, yeah, yeah. I want to be careful with my words because it's more than just food. I, I want, I honor that and I hear that, but you have to choose your nourishment. 
Like they are bombarding you. Your attention is the new gold. So you can make the choice to say like, oh, you're not going to listen to anything. That, that, that may be true. Some of our households is just not going to happen, but you can make the choice of what you are intaking. And if you're needing to flesh out some of those voices, you're not just going to go for silence because your silence is embedded with the voices you're trying to get rid of. So you need to bring in new voices. You need those new voices. I think that's a fantastic idea. I, I make that choice. Like, I think I'm a big believer of like, you know, I'm a big reader and I always have some book, you know, read just a couple minutes of something that you want to seed your day with. You know, I'm not going to pretend that I do it every day, but I do it, do it like five times a week. Like it is a pretty core practice and it goes really far and your, your real estate in the morning and at night is prime subconscious real estate. So having you either in the morning or at night for that to be what the brain chews on while you're sleeping. Mm. I think that's fantastic and really supportive what you're offering. Love it. Thank you. I love that. As you were talking, I was thinking, you know, uh, Mary Oliver poem three sent it kind of settles the frenzy. It does. Or, you know, a little bit of George McDonald or some music. We we all in this crazy world we live in, we need something that just ooh, like a blanket. Because, you know, I want to be a great meditator, but I swanee when I sit quietly, this brain is full of ping pongs, Mm -hmm. ping pong balls. Mm -hmm. They're just going everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so it's easier for me if I do have some music or a guided meditation or a poem to help me silence my brain. I probably need you to work on me. so fantastic i mean what what happens is is when you're doing your jam you understand what your jam is and bring another resonance so it's 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 an empowered choice so i'm highly honored um, by that by that um, thank you for saying that so it's not like a weakness it's an empowering choice you know someone said that to me that knowing when you need help as a type a person knowing that when you need help is actually a sign of strength and i was like that's true and i had i throw that into my son's subconscious every chance I get because he, I love his confidence and I love that he wants to succeed, but I am like, this is prime real estate until you're seven. So I'm just going to keep throwing these things in there that I want to seed and I may or may not see. And and then as you're an adult, it becomes our responsibility to, to feed the subconscious. So when you're thinking like your logical brain is telling you, well, what would five minutes do? It's like, that's not the brain we're going for. We're going for the brain that is going to throw you the stuff that you don't want and so keep feeding it something so that all of a sudden in that moment that poem or that line from Cindy is going to come through and you're like oh yeah I mean that's how that happens and that comes full circle to you didn't know why when you claim defeat my word is grace that was you know that was defeat but it was actual true surrender like surrender is like no, no, I don't want mind surrender. I need every atom of your being to just be like, I, I give up. And that give up can either take you down or it can make you fly. And like you said, that flight doesn't necessarily happen instantaneously. But man, when you can breathe easier, a lot of things happen, right? I mean, we can just stop right here, girl. <laughs> oh, no! You just said it. We so often, because we've got that mean voice, we think surrender, laying down our tired old weapons, is defeat. But as you said, like, it is the beginning 
of life. It's the beginning. I am going, I am delighted to have It's the beginning you. of resurrection. Well, that's actually what it is. It is. And everybody wants us to stay on the part where you don't rise. Are... Which can I just say, <laughs> Kate Brenton, here's the quote that made me fall in love with you. May we learn from the times that are hard what is aiming to prepare us for our next grand rising. This new thing I'm creating, Food Freedom in Five Minutes, has been hard. And I have looked up there at that quote. I'm just headed toward my grand rising. You know, it has helped me so much. Yeah. What a beautiful gift you have given me, my friend. Gift to me. Thank you so much. Thank you for your words. Such hope in those words. I could talk to you actually for forever. And this is just the beginning. But I I feel that if you're listening, you need to go on the Liberated Eater. Go follow, you know, go get on a newsletter and go follow. And and if nothing else, realize that resonance will bring you everywhere. You know, and like you said, it it was you reached out because it's it's been a, a reciprocity exchange of energy between the two of us, both doing what we feel like we need to do, being in alignment, being creative brought us into community together. Mm-hmm. And um, I am really grateful to now have you in my circle. Oh, I really appreciate it. And I thank you for taking the time to share your story on Rebirth. My joy and honor and a privilege indeed, Kate. Thank you. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us on the Rebirth Podcast. Can I ask a favor? Would you hit like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast? It would really help me get the word out. I appreciate it. See you back here for our next episode.